Welcome to Macro Monday on Investec Focus Radio SA, a podcast about what's driving global and local markets. I'm Chris Holdsworth, Chief Investment Strategist at Investec Wealth and Investment. Every Monday morning, I'll update you on key developments from the past week and what you need to know about the week ahead. If you'd prefer to watch a video with the graphs and charts I referred to in the podcast, just go to investec.com forward slash Macro Monday. Good morning. This week, we're going to have a look at inflation data from a range of countries across the globe and what that implies for monetary policy. We'll look at some pretty weak data that's come out for the U.S. for January so far. We'll have a look at a leading indicator for China, which is proving to be quite strong at this point. And finally, we'll have a look at whether South Africa is in a recession at this point or not. We're going to start off with inflation. So far, we've had inflation prints for 38 of the 50 largest countries across the globe. The story in aggregate is still pretty good. Global inflation has declined to 3.4% from 3.7% last month. And what's more, the dispersion of inflation rates continues to narrow. So we, we continue down this path where inflation is improving and we're seeing fewer and fewer outliers as well. So, so far, so good. The caveat is that although inflation continues to decline, it did in aggregate surprise on the upside. We had upside surprises for around 50% of the countries that we track, which is quite high. And we've had a couple of months where we've had more than 50% of countries surprised on the downside. So it's a bit of a shift. The inflation is improving, but more gradually than the consensus would have expected. And that's exactly what happened in the US. Inflation came down, but it did surprise on the upside. It came out at 3.1%. The consensus was 2.9, but that's still down from last month's 3.4. So a continuing improvement again, but a a little slower than the market would like. US inflation is now surprised on the upside for four of the past five months. And that is a little worrying. So the market's got a little ahead of itself. It's expected inflation to come down quite rapidly. And allied to that, it's expected fairly aggressive rate cuts from the Fed. And now as inflation has surprised on the upside, even though it's come down, we've seen the market revisit its interest rate expectations. The concerning element of that CPI release is that U.S. inflation is likely to remain at about 3% for the foreseeable future. And we can see that in three different ways. As a starting point, if we just plug in for a scenario analysis, uh, month-on-month inflation at different levels going forward, you need to have month-on-month inflation of 0% per month all the way out to June for U.S. CPI inflation to be at 2% by June. So it's, a, it's quite an ask. It's quite unlikely that U.S. CPI inflation is going to be around 2% by June. Mm-hmm. What's more likely is if you plug in a number close to the, the 20-year median for monthly inflation, you get U.S. CPI inflation still being around 3% by June. So just by simple scenario analysis and plugging in numbers that are likely or ruling out numbers that are unlikely, you land up with a number of around 3% for the foreseeable future. But in addition to that, if you look at leading indicators for inflation, and on the slide we're showing showing two, one being the ISM services paid series and the other being import prices, they both also suggest that inflation is likely to be elevated for a little while. That ISM services paid series is a key leading indicator. It gives us a steer on where inflation is going to be in about four months, and that's suggesting that inflation is going to be around 3 to 4%, somewhere around there. And if you look at import prices in the U.S., they've recently picked up a sizable increase of 0.8% or so month on month. And that too suggests that we're likely to be seeing some upward pressures on inflation linked to the global supply chain pressures that we've spoken about before. If we take a step back, shelter is still the issue in the US. You've got shelter inflation running above 6%. If you strip out shelter, 
inflation in the US is one and a half percent. All told, the Fed's probably not going to be too pleased with the, the reading as it came out. But bear in mind that the Fed does focus on core PC inflation rather than headline inflation. That data point comes out in a couple of weeks and we'll do a review of that. So what does the market think of the results aside from the Fed? Well, the market is now attaching a very low probability of rate cuts from the Fed in May and similarly a very low probability of rate cuts from the ECB. So the market has now shifted to expecting rate cuts only from around June or so. If you look at the market's expectations of interest rates in the US in January next year, they're about 75 bips up on where they were at the beginning of this year. So what I mean by that is in the first two months of this calendar year so far, the market has shifted up its interest rate expectations, shifted up what it expects in January next year by 75 basis points. And that's pretty interesting because in this environment where inflation has surprised on the upside and the market has re-evaluated its interest rate expectations and raised its interest rate expectations, you would have expected the U.S. equity market to have been down. But that's not the case. The U.S. equity market is back up 5% year to date. So that's quite anomalous, especially when you consider the second part of this presentation. So the first is on inflation. The second is on economic data out of the U.S. in January so far which has been pretty weak. Retail sales were down month to month. They were below the consensus forecast. In nominal terms, retail sales are flat year on year at this point in the US. This is not a strong growth environment. And part of the issue is we ultimately now starting to see the knock-on consequences of much higher interest rates. It's taken some time because mortgage rates largely in the US are fixed. So consumers have been uninfected in that regard, but credit cards are linked to the prevailing interest rate as are auto loans, as are student loans. And given the scale of the increase in interest rates from the Fed, we are starting to see interest payments take up an increasing portion of consumer wallets. And interest paid as a percentage of total personal incomes across the US is now sitting at just a bit below 5%. It's the highest number that we've seen in around 15 years. So we're starting to see the knock-on consequences of it. And this is one of the reasons why we underweight risk in the US. We do believe that we can't escape the effects of hiking rates. And if the Fed is only going to be cutting in June, which is the current market expectations, we think that there is sizable risk of some disappointing numbers from US consumer facing stocks within the next six months or so. Switching to China, the story is a bit different. In China, we look at total social finance. It's a key leading indicator for Chinese economic activity. It includes money raised through IPOs and debt issuance. The three month average is up 17% year on year. Typically, there's about a nine-month lag between strong total social finance numbers and an improvement in economic activity. And this data has been strong for a little while now. So we would expect to shortly see a material uptick in Chinese economic activity, which should be supportive for commodity prices. Exports are still weak in China at the moment. They're not fully participating in the export boom that we've seen in Southeast Asia. If you look at exports for South Korea, exports for Taiwan, they're both up 18% year on year. Very strong numbers. China, they're only up 2% year on year. So we'd expect these numbers to start to pick up as well, and along with the stimulus that we've seen deployed in China, leading to an improved growth outlook in China in the not-too-distant future. Switching to SA, we do need to ask whether South Africa is in recession at this point. We have had some data come through from Status A for December. Retail sales, as an example, from last week. We've incorporated all of that in our model. Our base case is that growth in Q4 was 0.3%. So on an annualized basis, about 1.2% or so. So it's still pretty weak. 
but that is above the consensus forecast of 0.1%. And the Saab provides a forecast for the full calendar year, but we already know what happened for the first three quarters. So we can back out the Saab's implicit forecast for Q4, and that is slightly negative. So the Saab is in effect ex expecting South Africa to be in a recession at this point. The growth is pretty weak, whether we're in a recession or, or not is secondary. The reality is that growth in SA is, is running well below what was expected a year ago and is pretty weak. And that is having knock-on consequences, one of which is that South African government revenue has missed expectations. And we spoke about this last week, come the budget on Wednesday, we do expect to see some bracket creep and increased issuance of debt from the South African government because revenue has missed. There will be other knock-on consequences too. At some point, we do expect that the MPC is going to need to cut. Whether we are in recession or not, say secondary growth unequivocally in SA at this point is weak. We have the Fed and the ECB likely to cut from the middle of the year, according to market expectations. And we have very restrictive monetary policy in SA. Interest rates are well above inflation and inflation is within the band. So we think the clock is ticking on the point at which we will land up with a rate cut in SA. The Q4 GDP print comes out in early March. Should it be the case that SA is in recession? We think that just shortens the time until we see a cut from the Saab. And that's where we're going to leave it for this week. That's all for this episode. Do you tune in next week for more investment insights from me, Chris Holdsworth, and the Investec Wealth and Investment team. If you haven't yet added us to your podcast feed, you can subscribe to Investing Focus Radio SA wherever you listen. And please take a minute to rate our podcast so we can surface this content to the broader investment community. If you want to see the graphs that are referenced in the podcast, you can watch a video version of this recording at investing.com forward slash macromonday. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of Investec Wealth and Investment International and should not be taken as advice, guidance, or recommendation. Investec Wealth and Investment International, a member of the JSE Equity, Equity Derivatives, Currency Derivatives, Bond Derivatives, and Interest Rate Derivatives Markets, an authorized financial services provider and a registered credit provider.